Hello and welcome. You're about to listen to a conversation I had with Graham Boardman. Graham's a depth-oriented psychotherapist, mostly coming from archetypal traditions, kind of Jungian and all of that. I think he likes his psychodynamic work too. Um, and yeah, I had asked Graham to record one of these conversations. God, it must have been over a year ago. I was kind of surprised that he was excited to do it. And then it's taken us a, a year to sit down and actually record this conversation. And when we first started talking about recording it, I kind of brought up the idea of talking about being a feeling type. Not necessarily being someone who's emotional, but having a feeling orientation to life, which comes from Jungian thinking. Jung had these four typologies. Uh, this kind of comes from introvert and extrovert. Those ideas stem from typologies. But for Jung, there was these four types. There's a feeling function, a thinking function, a sensing function, and an intuitive function. And while we all have all of these functional ways of navigating the world, sometimes one or two is more dominant. And this functional typology kind of leads into the Myers-Briggs that a lot of us know. That's especially popular in business worlds. But for Graham and I, we sat with this feeling function, like what it really means to feel into something and to make choices and navigate the world through a feeling orientation. So yeah, I hope you ha really enjoy this conversation we had about feeling that kind of went in unexpected ways as you hope feeling function will do, you know, kind of takes you uh, to places you don't expect. So do enjoy, hope you're well. Difference, do you know the difference? Is scotch made in Scotland and is whiskey made everywhere else in Kentucky? In oh, is whiskey can no bourbon's Kentucky? Kentucky, yeah. You so don't know I your scotches no, and bourbons. I don't. I feel like you would know them. As I as I try to describe it, I realize how little I know, and I'm also surprised. Here, pull that pull that towards you a little more if you can. Ooh, that is delicious. Cool. Okay, wow. Um, okay, so towards me like this. You want to tighten that? But that's going to droop. <laughs> Microphone ED. Well, I want it to be, I want it to be, yeah, like really where you want it so that it's. Yeah, it, that's why I told you they were shitty boom arms. Because they're a little droopy. They don't like really work. But this is. That's good. I'm pretty close. All right. Are you ready to like get a little wind horsey? In what way? Can we, can we take a moment of silence? Oh, yeah. I'm always happy to do that. Okay. That's about as the extent of wind horse. Yeah. Oh. I've been pushing you to do this for a while, huh? You've been gently pushing. Uh, well, you've people like you teach me how to gently push. Because <laughs> it doesn't work if I push any harder. <laughs> I don't have friends then. You bring, <laughs> you bring the push, I bring the gentle, and I think that's part of why we're friends. Oh, you you bring the gentle? It was because we need, I need some more push, and you oh, I need maybe some need some more gentle. Oh, you could say it. You could give me <laughs> feedback. <laughs> 
Yeah. But you have. Well, you've you've been inviting me to do it. Yeah. Well, how, uh, why for, right now, dude? For a long time. Why right now? Why are we doing it now? You know, I asked myself why I said yes. Uh, like nine months ago or whatever. <laughs> well, I said yes, but I didn't really mean it. But today... We were, we were standing over here. We're by a fire in my backyard, but we were by another fire in my backyard. We, yeah, we were. And you were like, yeah, let's do it. You were really excited, and yeah. I was shocked that you wanted to, to what, be honest. What was it that was shocking? Your your eagerness and willingness. That then took nine months to get here. <laughs> um, well, there are a couple of things that are said about feeling function um and one of them um is that it is slow it is slow it is slow really it takes a long time to develop like the feeling function you mean or your relationship to objects you have feeling towards there's a part of feeling that functions slowly a part of feeling that cannot be rushed okay and that has to have time to come to fruition or be in process is this like the strength of feeling in a way i don't know if strength is the right word but like the functional util like value that like it, it understands timing that's a good question and it makes me think of uh feeling in music and that know. sometimes said that music is the art of time yeah and knowing when to stop when to go when there are beats, when there are measures. But I, I think feeling has a lot of strengths. I don't even know if if it makes sense to talk about it in terms of strengths yeah, or like weaknesses because it's... Uh, I didn't like the word myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's more objective um, than something like a strength. More objective? I think it's there's an irony there, right? Because we're talking about feelings, and you're putting objective in with it, which I think a lot of people would say that feelings are not objective; they're subjective. Yes, and we can get more. Yeah, we'll go okay. into uh, that. I don't mean to jump too quick. Hey, we, before we go, all right? Oh, yeah. Uh, before we take off, because we're going, we're feeling function. Yeah. That's why we're here talking about feeling. Yes. Which isn't emotions, which hopefully we'll talk about. Yes. Not, I don't know. Maybe they're related, but it's something else. Yes. But like. When did you realize you were a feeling type? I'm like, what the fuck is a feeling type? Right. Not that you need to be the expert on it or anything. Right. Well, I'm, like s- I'm certainly not. Um, I would say that I'm, I'm still working on identifying when I am functioning in a feeling way. Oh. I feel that I still have not differentiated particularly well uh when my conscious experience is is functioning through feeling or with feeling i still find it i still find it difficult to locate that but i've had enough feedback and enough information to understand that it's it's in there somewhere um in grad school we were able to take at least some version of what has been kind of codified out of jungian typology um, as the Myers-Briggs, um, which is like really popular in a lot of different circles that are in therapy, right? Like the internet workplaces, there's these four like people that s- study the Myers-Briggs, not study it, but use it. Probably don't even know it comes from Carl Jung. Who's like kind of a funky, obscure depth psychologist to some, like t- to some, he's a crackpot and to some he's explains yeah. how the, the mind and heart actually work. I, you know, just out of curiosity, um, earlier today, because you invited me to do this today, yeah, 
and I knew that today was I was gonna say yes. Maybe there's like some before I invited you. No, no, I, I wish that would be, oh, that would be some intuitive. <laughs> it's probably dipping into intuition there, um, <laughs> but I don't know. Is there a nine month gestation period, and now it's finally yeah, we're yeah. giving birth to this thing? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I looked up feeling function just kind of out of curiosity, just to see what the internet's algorithms were going to give me well, on YouTube. And, and yeah. so there's the Myers-Briggs, yeah. which people, a lot of people know, Yeah, that is based on Jungian typology. Yes. And there's four types in Jungian, and this That's is a, right. like our sort of more dominant way of making sense and moving through the world and relating to ourselves. Would that yes. be like a shitty summary of a typology? I think it's a brief summary of a, a typology. Brief, brief, not I'll, a I'll say, get back to that after the, this statement, which is that I was shocked at how many YouTube channels are devoted to describing different Myers-Briggs typologies. Okay. I didn't realize it was quite as mainstream oh, yeah, dude, as it is. Yeah, people bring it up that know nothing about like typology or young or depth psychology. I think the curiosity is great. My, my, my issue is that typologies was brought about in order partially to free you from identifying from the things that you think that you are. So the original book that Jung wrote was called Psychological Types or The Psychology of Individuation. Mm -hmm. And what I, at least on a very superficial level, see it being used as in the mainstream is an identity. Is you're, like you're this. I'm. I am an ENFJ. Yeah. yeah. I. Oh, you're a J. So you you like to plan a structure, and I don't like to plan a structure. So we're gonna have conflict at work, and we have to figure that out. It has become an identity, yeah. which I think is the is kind of the tragedy. Like a personality explanation, right? Like I'm an INFJ, and I assume you know what that means, so therefore you know me. So I don't actually have to show you myself too much. It gives a structure. It yeah. it. Uh, maybe even offers more persona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that I think is is really unfortunate. Because for in that book, right? I didn't. I haven't read that young. I never read young. I avoided it. I read like two books of his. It's book. a workout. Yeah. Oh man, it hurts. But um, like the typology and individuation. And I think you were saying something that like the typology f frees mm -hmm. you to individuate in a way or something. I think the the title of that book is so helpful. Yeah. And I almost wonder if he did that partially in understanding that he was writing about types and uh -huh. saying, okay, introverted feeling types tend towards this kind of thing that he put that in the title to say, I hope that this is helpful in you seeing that the functions I'm describing are functions of consciousness. They are not the content of your personality. They are not who you are. And maybe it would be helpful to talk just a little yeah, bit about them as functions. So the, a lot of the language is around typology. I am this type. Mm -hmm. um, but what he really was talking about was functions of consciousness, as he put it. And there are four of them. There is sensing, which is to say... Uh, a thing is the way that you know that something is. I think something of the movie exists. Amelie, did you ever see that one? 
that older like early 2000s yes i know it and like she puts her hands in the beans and she's like touching the beans <laughs> and she goes to the market like engaging the market in a tactile way that's lovely yeah what the, that just comes um, up when yeah I i'm gonna have to types. might have to rewatch that now yeah. um there is thinking which is to say uh what kind of thing is this what sort of thing is this? Wait, what, so sen- what's that? F- what was the basic sentence of sensing? It was that a thing is. A thing is. A thing is. And then thinking, what, what type of thing is this? What kind of thing is this? Yeah. What can I know about this thing through thinking about it, sort of, or analyzing and looking at it? Yes. Feeling. Uh huh. Of what value is this? What value? Of what value is this? Oh. Intuition. What are the possibilities? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The perception of possibility. Like beyond analytic thought, what could this be used for sort of non-linearly almost or in a way that's not easily perceived right away? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So those are the four super basic descriptions of functions. And all of them can either be uh, experienced in an introverted way or an extroverted way. And that's how we get to the kind of classic eight types the two by four and then there's like within the kind of because people use introvert extrovert a lot these days oh yes like but within this functional typology like how does uh introvert and extrovert relate to your functional consciousness Mm -hmm. type the the most basic statement about introversion is that it is a conscious experience that is mostly informed by subjectivity uh-huh. and extroversion is informed by objectivity so i could be like a thinking type that thinks about my subjectivity yes or a thinking type that thinks about the world around me whether relationships or objects or yes patterns. the way that it's described that i find helpful is uh in introversion energy generally flows from the object and we'll uh. use that to mean anything, mm-hmm. thoughts or other people, whatever. Flow, the energy flows, is experienced as flowing from the object to the subject. So the subject is almost kind of imposed upon. Oh, like an introvert receives energy from objects around them. And those yes. objects can be thought, feeling, sensing, intuition, but it's like coming towards them. Yes. Okay. And extroversion, that conscious experience is more characterized by energy flowing from the subject to the object. Being touched by or touching, in a way. Touched by or touching. There's still contact, but it's sort of how that contact is experienced. Yes, exactly. And most of us, without this language, it's, it's, it's so basic that it's almost strange to put language to it. What do you mean? In a way. Well, when I first came across the descriptions, um, I I was just so imbued through and through with introversion that I thought that that was just... Oh, that was reality. That was reality. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. That was assumed participatory reality that everyone else sort of engaged in. I feel like... like, Wait, there's other ways? (laughs) No wonder. Which in a way is so highly kind of hyper subjective uh-huh like oh the way that this is for me yeah just is the way that things are yeah. um but the, yeah, yes 
Sorry, I had a tangent. I'm going to let it go. You, okay. you, you hold. We'll, we'll, I'll save my tangents until we get some foundations of thought established. I'll say one other thing just about the functions that um, they, at least in the classical kind of formulations, have uh, divisions into rational and irrational functions. Um, the irrational functions are sensing and intuiting. Mm -hmm. Rational functions are thinking and feeling. I fucking hate that language, man. I, I fucking know. hate that language. Well, tell me, tell me about your hatred. Uh, dude, it's like I was reading, I was reading this book, The Immortality Key by Brian Mazuka. I can't pronounce his last name, but it's sort of like a, a psychedelics in the Christian church. And there's like oh, this okay. like kind of rational, irrational. Mm -hmm. And he's almost like the psychedelics are irrational. And mm -hmm. I'm like, what? Like, from what frame of reference is mm -hmm. that? They were saying irrational. Yeah. But maybe that's just, like, the praising of rationality in our yes. culture. And yes. Like, I, I just always get a little irked by yes. all the, like, pro-rationality. Because I'm, like, an yes. intuitive feeling type, so I'm all irrational yes. for the most part. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you're, as far as typology goes, your you're feeling is rational. Yeah. Um, and all that means is that it is an ordering function. Evaluation and valuing offers order. Uh -huh. Thinking uh, offers order. Okay. Sensing, as I hold this little clay cup in my hand and feel the smoothness of that finish and then the roughness of, of part of the finish and it's cold, that's an irrational process yes there's there are incredible physiological occurrences in imparting that information to me but i i'm not consciously ordering that information oh. and in intuition when you are grasping possibilities yeah yeah it's not that one thing follows another yeah and uh, you but you've already in, you've already intuited um a part of what we'll hopefully talk about, which is the place of rationality, particularly through thinking in this particular culture that, as you say, has prized rationality so intensely. Yeah, it's like when you say that, because like you mentioned earlier that like you thought the world operated like you in a way. Right. Like through being right. in deeply... In, uh, Oh man, uh, introverted, right? And then maybe some other way, like a mm -hmm. uh, maybe some feeling type, but maybe yes. lean, forced into thinking, but then right. feeling off, yes, right? And for me, I've always been like, I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> like I've always known like how I come to conclusions, how I move through the world, like yes, is different than the the normative structure, right? right. And I like always am like sort of like having to translate how I experience and come to conclusions and like reverse engineer it to make sense. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's always been like a bit like, Oh, like these people, whoever they are, right. To generalize, like, yes. Like they don't get me. It's very, very difficult and maybe even isolating, um, to have as one's main function, um, something that in the culture at large, is not functioning well. 
Yeah, and I think for me, because I'm extroverted a bit. Like, I'm, yes. I can go both ways, but I'm more extroverted that, like, an extroverted feeling intuitive type is also more confusing than, like, an introverted type. Because you can just be like, mm. they're introverted. I don't know what's mm. going on with them. But with me, it's like, something's going on, but it doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, your energy flows uh, flows out towards towards me. I mean, you've, you have this, you know, we're sitting with this beautiful furniture out here. We have this fire over to the side um this nice little glass you you have created an atmosphere and that i i feel your extroverted feeling like i'm functioning I, happening like i'm coming here. towards you in a way by the space i've created yes yeah you have you value making me comfortable yeah you know, to an extent. Well, yeah, I want to poke you a little bit too. <laughs> I want you to be comfortable enough that I can prod you. You know, <laughs> you know that you've it. Uh, it's it's a benefit to have me comfortable enough to then be challenged. You know, inspired with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but your whole your home, um, the aesthetic, the uh, the value in the objects that are around a lot of the rooms, the way that you've done very very carefully and in a very slow way your yard i think are all i i see i see your feeling in, imbued in all those things oh thank you man i don't Be know if it's a good thing or just a statement of what is <laughs> i i i mean it's not good or bad <laughs> feelings not good or bad um but i certainly i feel uh at home and i feel i feel good when yeah. when i'm here Oh, thank you, man. Um, and making that statement sort of makes me want to talk a little bit more about feeling and feelings. Yeah, yeah. If I may. F like feelings and emotions or feelings and feelings? Did, like, is that specific for I you? I think going down a little bit of the language yeah, yeah. and semantics uh, rabbit hole might might be fun. Yeah. And, like, I, I this is a clarity piece for me. Like. Mm -hmm. And this is just me imagining you, right? Like, uh, yeah. grew up in band. You uh -huh. were, is it okay to call you a stoner on air? You may. Okay, That's you were like a, a stoner, lacrosse, true. mountain uh -huh. dude. Not that much, like, but you were like yeah. an active dude. Uh -huh. And then, like, somehow you end up in a depth psychology mm -hmm. program studying right. Jungian stuff, which I'm curious how that, like, I know you, and I don't quite know how that happened <laughs> even. Mm -hmm. And then, like, yeah. did you have to grapple with being a, f not being, but, like, having a feeling nature? Mm. And not not having mm -hmm. feelings, mm. right? Not having emotions, mm. but having a, a a nature that gravitates towards feeling. Like, was that something you've contended with, like growing up in our culture and mm. being male and all these other pieces? Like, I'm just curious for you because mm. I've always sensed thought mm. that you've had to like make room for it. Maybe. Um, I I I appreciate um, you pointing those those things out because they're it's a it's a story that i take for granted and don't often see yeah and this is myself like, this is like my yes. quick hand and absolutely i and i feel that i i contend with it every day oh yeah i still i f i think that it will probably be a lifelong what's the contention there like if you're mm -hmm. like if you're speaking to that there is a particularly at least in my experience with introverted feeling you are kind of mired in your own subjectivity 
Mm-hmm. I'll just use the language of me. I'm mired in my own subjectivity. Yeah. And I find myself drawn very clearly and very easily and immediately to certain things, certain places, uh, certain environments. Yeah. So, so I found myself in a school for depth psychology without really having to f- to fight it very much. I sort of knew once I started going down that path that this was right for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which but, is like that uh-huh. phrase, right? This feels right. Yes. Yeah. Which is a basic phrase. We might not even think of it as a phrase, but I think it really yes. captures a way of moving. I think it's a statement of intuition. Yeah. Yeah, I that's think, what I was curious about. Yes. I didn't want to like get all complicated here. Yes, versus no, it's important. Feeling versus intuition, but I hope that the I hope that the language of feeling will continue to stop us and take us in different directions as we talk. Yeah, because it is so imbued in our everyday life. This language, this poverty of language around feeling, mm-hmm. and um, but I I continue to contend with it. Um, and I'm also the the flip side uh, is that. I have somewhere in me a differentiated scale of values. Uh-huh. And it's very difficult and alienating for me to be in environments where there are reigning values that don't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. Um, for, and I, I still love to, well, I'm not a stoner anymore, but I still love to be in the mountains, but I do it in a very different way than I used to because a lot of the culture that has evolved in sort of extreme outdoor sports. Whether evolved or you've evolved out of, and yeah, that mixing of the may- two maybe. Right, yeah. yes, right. Uh, two-way movement. I feel that the, the culture in a lot of those communities is something that um, I feel, uh, I feel out of place yeah. when I'm there. And that is something that has been really hard to accept because like a place of home not feeling like home in this case the mountain and the skis and yes the culture that surrounds yes and don't get me wrong i still ski hard but you know a lot of my most beloved friends even to this day um a lot of the activities that they really love and excel at i have a kind of increasingly small overlap Mm. with that um so that it's it's that kind of contention and again um i think that it has something to do with introverted feeling that i continue to be drawn towards certain environments ideas people places and away from others and it has changed a lot over time i often wonder about the development of the feeling function in my own psyche and that's another thing about typology is that these they, they are functions. And yes, while one or two are probably pretty reliable throughout the lifetime, um, we all, on some level, are capable. Yeah, these are of built moving into in and the, out. the structure of consciousness. Moving maybe in, yes, like feeling moving in and out of them. Intuition, sensing, yes. thinking, are all like available to us, and we use them all. But it's sort of where we gravitate towards in a way or what we yes build our cases with almost for how we make choice and navigate in what through through which functions is your consciousness uh operating yeah yeah. um i mean i my my 
least developed function is my sensate function. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, I just described feeling the cup and feeling the warmth of the fire. But if I had to make a living as a craftsman, touching wood, I'd I'd smooth and where grains are, the movement of grains. I'm getting stressed out as you talk (laughs) about those details. Yeah. Um, so we cannot move. We have to have. All I know because I I like uh, spend a lot of time in Zen communities, which I think is like a yes. sensate community in a way. And I've all, is I, it? I, yeah, there's a lot of attention to detail. Everything's always uh, placed perfectly. Yes. Yeah. And you know, like mm-hmm. that mentality of like touching the wood and being yes. in contact in that way is so praised. And I've always been like, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's cool. Yes. <laughs> but, but it's hard for me to do that regularly. But that's not why I'm here necessarily. Yeah, that's not why. Or does it add something to the experience to have to come up against? No, I all, yeah, to always have to be aware of like where my cushion is, mm-hmm. where my how my robe looks. Yes. Like which foot I walk in a door. Like th- there's rules in every space. It really anchors me in a uh, a way of being that I don't relate to often. Um, yeah. It sounds like a way of relating in an intentional way to at least what we can technically call your, your inferior function. And that's not a pejorative. No, just the, you know, I'm, I'm left hand, I'm right handed. I'm not left handed. right? Yes. This is the place in my conscious experience that I trip up on the most. Yeah. The most. And I think for a lot of people in this culture, in this culture at large, in, in this country, tripping up on the feeling function, as per, I, and I think particularly for male identified people mm-hmm. uh, is so common yeah. and so prevalent. And so I feel what is like, that, like tripping uh-huh. up on the feeling function. What do you, when you say that, what do you like, what are you referencing? Maybe, maybe I can use some uh, cultural yeah, yeah. examples, just kind of the broad phenomenon. And, and there's cultural okay. examples are always broad, right? And they're not yes. universally applied, but, Right. It can be a a helpful starting place. Um, So you talked about this culture prizing rationality so much. Yeah. Think about kind of the most visible and successful and wealthy companies in this country, at least from my layperson's point of view, are the social media companies, Mm -hmm. Facebook, Twitter, and so forth. Um, Those companies and tech in general in this country are unbelievable feats of engineering um, that are particularly thinking and sensate functions. Like they're drawing on, they're using thinking. like sen- thinking algorithms. Yes, what is this? To pull in our sensate awareness to lock us in. Like yes. color, sound, There's image. that too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's, they, are, they are incredible achievements of those functions. If you listen to the leaders with exceptions of most of those companies try to actually pin down why they're doing it. Oh yeah. Like Mark Zuckerberg, like I don't remember how he said it in the past, right? Because I could, because I could, because it was a project. It was like something to do. I can do it. Yeah. What is this algorithm? What is this thing I'm making? What, what kind of thing is this? Well, that's interesting. If I make it like this, it'll be like this. If you listen to those folks, try to tell you, uh, off the cuff or even in prepared remarks what the real value of their company is Uh you will get the same handful of words 
connection or you'll get connection you'll get mobility of ideas you'll get connectivity okay can you describe to me what the value of the specific connectivity you, you offer provide through is? your algorithmic structure could you pl- yeah really get specific about the value of what you're doing and it's not there and and for you you see like an absence of feeling function there or sort of a l- i see a dominant thinking function uh-huh look what we have made yeah the the thinking that went into creating these technologies is staggering but again i think why can be a feeling function type of question why did you make this why why did you do this what is the value what value are you imparting to society and we have seen in recent years um how they can those those technologies can absolutely facilitate um movements that that are threatening the the very fabric um of our of our trust in our public uh, institutions like a feeling function and this sort of feeling into why and like feeling into impact mm-hmm. not just rational impact but like feeling into what yes. the impact could be like if that was held more you think things would be a little different it's hard to say if things would be different well they would be different but doesn't mean how they'd be different right <laughs> we don't know how they would be different like there could be a totalitarian fe- yes. uh, feeling regime right <laughs> which i think um is uh, blossoming yeah yeah absolutely yeah which is is difficult to say um and i think it's like there's a non-rational whether uh, not in what's right or wrong but like people that are saying the thinking process is not how Mm -hmm. we're making choices yeah yep and um values that are so important um are not necessarily being used in a feeling conscious way so we've got this list of social values most of which i i so i happen to agree with let's say can you throw some values out there Sure, I think we saw a huge uh, reckoning in coming to terms with the fact that this country continues to value um, the prosperity of mostly white communities over the lives of communities of color. Mm -hmm. Which like COVID just being a simple example right now exacerbating everything yeah whatever you feel about right covid there's a unequal distribution of loss there loss of life absolutely economic loss right all the losses i think i'm not i don't not Mm -hmm. a thinking type i don't read statistics that often right (laughs) i think there is so all that um there is the the unfortunate thing is that those values are going to be crucial to us not just thriving but surviving as a society um but that feels special. Yeah. That there's a f- like a survival functional cuz they're called feeling functions, right? Yeah, or functions. not their functions yes. and there's a feeling fu- like it has a function. But what I wanted to say is that I think there are some of those values are being used uh mm. in a way that is not actually feeling. You mentioned a sort of value totalitarian 
regime. Yeah. It's it's an eth- ethos and a worldview that are based on values, but they're not necessarily being used through feeling to say, well, what is the value of me demanding that my environment conform to the values that I have decided on? Mm-hmm. Like which value allows me to value my, my values above your values? My values above your values. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that, I, I, I don't know that that is adequate f- feeling function. Mm-hmm. Um, we need, we need people without voices to speak up and be loud. And also a way that, uh, at least introverted feeling is often described is that not only is it slow, but it's often quiet and it's often small. Like not what works well in politics. It does not work well in the public square. Two year kind of elections, four year election cycles, like slow, um, deliberate maybe at times or kind of deliberate small quiet yeah um the art of the small yeah. is another way that feeling is is talked about oh, i've never heard the art of the small mm-hmm. yeah um so it's difficult it's it's difficult to see values coming to do battle against the main threat to democracy which is the f- the far Right. Um, but it's difficult to see the demonstration of value in such a rigid way, mm-hmm. in such a, an unreflective and demanding of uh, um, coherence and following the rules. Yeah, like in a way there's a sort of economic engine right. that... It's thought-based. Look what we're doing. Isn't this awesome? Right. And yes. like the destruction and the mm-hmm. layers of cost to the way we kind of move through the world as mm-hmm. a kind of American culture, at least. And then there's this emergent kind of political structure, right? That's coming up these days. Mm-hmm. I mean, the right, whatever you want to call it, right? Yep. That is really value-driven. Like it's their values are at the core, right? Yes. Even if you look, Q- yes. QAnon is like anti-pedophilia. Maybe? Certainly, I don't know. Certainly. I haven't done a deep dive, but like there yes. seems like there's like we got to do what's right here. This is why it is so easy to see that feeling functions so poorly in this society because of how destructive and rigid our collective values are so these you're right these are all value driven movements and i'm saying back repeating back that feeling is the function of consciousness that allows for evaluation Mm -hmm. the imparting of significance the imparting of importance the imparting of meaning Mm -hmm. so what we are seeing is this weaponization of our wounded feeling function like this thing's been neglected in a lot of ways and arguable how like it's been neglected at least as a culture large and then there are like forces i don't know if that's the right word but political structures and by forces like 
you know, marketing, media, campaigns to kind of compel us to believe and view things a certain way that are like drawing on our feeling function in a yes. way. And like you're seeing that as a sort of that like that because our feeling function is weak, there's like a susceptibility there. Is that what you yes. mean in a way? Yes. Like we haven't used it as a function. So we're being pulled into these things because we, we want to care about values like to be, to have values as human. And we know there's a lack of values happening in the world in some way or values that mm. are not shared. Like, you know what I mean? There is a value in capitalism, right? There is a value in destruction. Yes. But they're not human values, I don't think. Like the values that mm. allow us to survive and thrive and be connected. Mm. And well, then these other things, like inst institutions are drawing on the masses' yes. need for value. Yes. To like gain political favor or... Yes. Is it, am I catching this in some yes, way? Yes, okay. you absolutely are. Um, the inferior function, no matter what it is... Like our inferior function is, as a culture almost. Is feeling. Yeah. And it is talked about as an open door um, to a sort of non-human. Well, maybe I don't want to say non-human. I was using your language, and there is something to that, but to the unconscious. Mm -hmm. We have the least control, the least conscious functioning control in our area of inferior uh, functions so in this case feeling that is at once uh, an open door to unconscious psyche that can give us vitality it can awaken us to possibilities we didn't know were there it can spur us on to feeling like life is is still mysterious and so many wonderful things. However, well, if it is not attended to, yeah. it can become very dangerous. So like what you just said there. So like, I don't like uh, being against left and right. You know what I mean? Like on the right or the left, but like, I think there's some, even in the left now, right around the pandemic and COVID and the proper mm -hmm. response, there's like a value driven response happening. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you see it more right now. These sort of left, right against each other and what i hear you saying like beyond what's right or wrong there that if our feeling function is undervalued under related to underdeveloped there's energy there a, a tremendous amount of energy. there's psyche not psychic but psyche energy right yes and that right now that's being tapped yes on both sides it seems more than ever like it and it, maybe this is just because like i've identified as left most of my life and now i'm actually like it's not like I'm identifying mm -hmm. right. It's just like I'm not in favor yes. of the tone yes. of energy that's happening right now. That might be, that sounds like a, a, a feeling function. Yeah, but but it's also like you guys are really in a feeling function right now together. In an inferior one. Of like, you got, like there's some gnarly group think it seems to be happening of otherizing and privileging a perspective yes. over others. Yes. But there's so much energy there, it feels like. Yes. Like, I've never felt the left so unified in a way. And it's, like, directive and, yes. towards the other. Like, and you the, yes, are... Yes, Like, if we look at the world right now, right? Like, there's so much pain. There's so much destruction. There's so many systemic need. Yes. And it's, like, it got activated all of a sudden, it felt like. And imagine what this would be like 
with a culturally well-developed introverted feeling because that is a function of consciousness that says what is valuable to me mm-hmm. what uh, on for me looking into myself feeling what is a value what is important yeah that gives you differentiation and it makes it uh personal not personalistic yeah um but it makes it genuine and not hierarchically personal. And not hierarchical. Like my inner value is higher than no. It's more like I have an inner value, and then I'm aware there's other inner values that are navigating through space, and we have to coordinate our movement together in a way. And now, just sort of what you described is is it, if anything, it's more. Um, you're rewarded for the degree of fidelity that you have to the values that have already been enumerated for you for you they are more collective in their nature so that you don't actually have to think or (laughs) think yeah don't have to think but you don't have to feel out really for yourself what is of value in these movements all that matters is that you enforce them and that there's a huge amount of social capital right now in enforcing there's a political energy in a way that provides thought struck belief thought structure that people don't have to feel into and they can just take it on without having to feel it but if they actually had to feel it there would maybe be more differentiation happening like more yes kind of like where we started right the the functionalities and individuation yes that we would actually have to individuate our own sense of how to navigate let's say a a pandemic, just to use that example now, and not that maybe someone does, like we can individuate Mm -hmm. into the consensus, Mm -hmm. right? Like I can have a consensus view that is mine, Mm. or I can have a consensus view that I've adopted and not felt into myself. Is that, does that that make sense as I say it? It does. Yeah. It does. I'm getting angry right now as we talk. I'm like angrier than I yeah. normally am at the political structures yeah. that draw on our lack of willingness and murkiness to be in the uncomfortability of feeling into what's right for us. Us being an individual, all of our individuals as an us. Do you, is, is there a somatic quality? It's like an uplifted energy, a little high. I kind of want to. Yeah, I want to get on my high way. horse a little bit, I think. Yeah. That's yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> like, ah, like squeezing my hand. And yeah. <laughs> well, I asked because it's, uh, it's important and there is a difference between, well, I think maybe we just had a little moment of your earlier question yeah. about feeling and feelings and emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Which was that thread you wanted to follow and I'm glad you picked it up. Thank you. It's totally, well, it's been interwoven through this, this whole thing. Emotions are talked about in the most basic sense by in Jung's psychology as being an an affect that rises to the level of physical innervation is is the way that he like somatic like bodily somatic experience tightness in chest when angry tears yes. in eyes when crying uncontrollable laughter face dropping when, yeah, yeah thank you for what bringing it, a happy <laughs> one <answer>. sorry <laughs> yeah whatever it happens yeah. to be uplifted cheeks when smiling yes bright eyes when wanting to connect like, yes yeah 
Um, there is a relationship between the feeling function and what we call feelings. Yeah, yeah. And I just was using your your example of you willing to describe your anger yeah. when I, because I think that's what happened in that moment is you were describing your differentiated level of value for what you see happening in the political sphere and it moved you into an affect mm-hmm. which well, is I was affected I was yes. impacted by my own internal thinking and relating to what the topic at hand I think you were feeling I was feeling yeah I think you were you were f- and that the uh, quickness to say I was thinking about it I think again is another linguistic clue to how privileged thinking yeah in this culture and in our language is Yes, we have to use thought. We have to make conceptual connections. But yeah. you were at base functioning in feeling. And like, total, like, I hope this isn't too tangential, but it's, it's an exciting thought for me as we're talking. Yes. Like, I'm excited right now. That's why yeah. I love uh, talking to yeah. you, right? Like, yeah, yeah. bubbles, excitement of possible <laughs> thought possibility. Um, oh, I might have lost it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I commented on it too far, and it might be gone. Um, so. Where were we? Can you bring me back, therapist friend? I feeling I was appreciating you for. Oh, we could. You did it. You did it. Thank you. So like, it's so like even when we're talking politics right now, right? Yeah. It's like charged because there's like mics here, right? And it might be a little charged without them, but like, Mm -hmm. it's charged to talk about politics, like and to have differentiated views outside of the binary. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like right and like. Like I was hanging out at the river the other day. Um, I just went to like go jump in the river real quick before going to see some friends. And I met a dude. We're talking surfing. He's like telling me surf spots. He's telling me where to camp. And then this dude brings up like, because he lives in Portland, right? He's like, I'm pro police. He says like, I really like law. You sort of drop it out of the blue. Yeah, kind of drop it in there. Like the riots, I'm law and order. And then the air just changes. I'm like not, not pro police, but I'm not into grouping myself politically when talking to someone within the first 10 minutes. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm yes. like, like, how do I navigate this where we can still be chill so f- surfer bros and I don't need to agree with you it or is, not agree with you. That, like either one, I don't give a fuck. I think that's part of the alienation of the feeling function in this culture is the way that you felt in that moment because there was in your extroverted feeling, it is, it is not, uh, meaningful to me to try to expound my views about the police to this person right now. Yeah, that is a f- that is extroverted feeling in action. And like for me, as we're talking, right, like uh, uh, good or bad, but I think in a way, goods and bads. Like I don't th- always think about politics, right? It's not on the forefront of my thinking, you know, and. Like, as we're talking, I'm a part of it because it's not okay to feel. Right. Like, to feel a differentiated view is not safe. Even, like, at a dinner party in ways. Like, to have, like, oh, I'm feeling into something and this is what is emerging right now of my view that is mine. Yes. And it's not consensus party view. Yes. Yes. And, like, when we're talking about, like, oh, my feeling of anger arose, it's like, I actually don't touch that very often. Because it's not safe relationally to have a differentiated view. Like if we're left in a circle of left, right, 
and I, I don't like I have a lot of struggle around pandemic, right? Like I don't agree with the way it's rolled out a lot. Right. But I don't think I'm right. Like a right wing view in right. it. But like people will camp me pretty quickly. Like they'll just be like, Oh, you're not in this circle, you're in that circle. Right and wrong. Yeah. And I uh, get wronged in like right and wrong. social settings for my like I don't think social isolation is healthy and is really bad for us. And that doesn't conform to the very rigid value system that has been expounded yeah. and that you need to conform to if you want to be included in this group of friends at the dinner party or whatever. Yeah, or like the, the dude surfing, right? I don't, yes. I don't want to... It's threatening. Well, now that you... I hadn't thought of it in that way. Maybe I'm thinking a little bit. Um, but <laughs> that's a part of the, the alienation of feeling. Yeah, like it's not safe in a way. It uh, it does take courage uh, to see and then speak up. Yeah. Um, when you feel that a group has become rigid and dogmatic in its values, even if you agree with most of them. Yeah, it's like we're ninety eight percent agreement. But it's that charge you were talking about. It's the deviation from the rigidity of those values that is so charged and you you say speak up which like yes speak up we should speak up right um but like even to hold it like just, just to know, hold just it to in awareness yeah. that like i'm not with you yeah. and then how charged that is to be othered especially like in our political binary right that like left or right it's like oh i'm other now i'm right maybe or like which isn't i don't think that's bad you know even though like I think I'm left, so I look down on right, which I don't necessarily love about myself, but like it seems really hard to avoid that dance. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, but there's like this ostracize, like yeah. I don't want to ostracize mm -hmm. myself, so I'm actually going to cut off my feeling function. I see. Yeah. I see. Like I'm not going to be aware that it's happening because that might mean that I'm not part of the group now. Which feels really threatening. Yeah. Personally. Before even saying anything, right? Because there's a a charge in our body when we think we're not in the circle. And um, there's there's so much at play in there about our privileged demographics and, and stepping in that space. Um, and that's that's really, it's really challenging. The privileged demographics? Being a couple of- White dudes? Of white dudes, you know. Like um, straight, straight white. Straight cis guys, yeah. you know, um, with, with- Economic, um, with growing jobs, yeah. Um, it's both economic means differing levels, but diff both, both did all right <laughs> yeah, growing uh, up. <laughs> yeah, like our our functioning in society in that in that way. Um, it's real. You're you're talking about something that my feeling has not um, shown me the way yet to deal with because I I I feel that as well that charge in um, in even knowing that you there's a possibility that there's a differing value that you might have from the platform that you're supposed to enforce. There's the threat of, of being cast out, um, of being isolated and ostracized. That's, uh, that's frightening. Yeah. 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 To like relate to our lives. Right. And to relate to ourselves as our own. Not yes. like our own right. narcissistically, but like that this is my life and I have to feel into what's 
right for me. I have to take responsibility. Yeah, that's fucking horrifying. It is. It takes. Like what it takes I mean, a kind lot of, of in that existentialist sort of thread, right? Of like that responsibility. Yeah, that responsibility. I think there is some feeling function in that existentialist uh, uh, approach yeah. and saying it is my responsibility because it really puts it on you to maybe not create but to listen to yourself to be able to decide or at least follow yeah the places ideas people whatever um that you that you feel over time as your feeling develops are meaningful to you and and this is like the from the book right that you started with like uh feeling functions and individuation mm-hmm. right and i'm curious right. like i don't know if i'm going to be able to catch this well but that there's like social navigation fitting into groups having family and meaning and job but it's all about sort of being able to participate oh shit hold on oh is the porch on fire yeah. We're going to take a pause. Let's take a uh, fire safety break. Did you know that the first pumpkin pies were in lean times? Oh, they had to eat pumpkin? They would carve out the inside of the pumpkins and fill it with uh, cow's milk and whatever else they had around and just put it by the hearth. And then you would let it warm up and then you would just kind of, sc- the flesh would soften. You just kind of scoop it out. So we shouldn't even be eating pumpkin pie because it's just. Oh, I'm going to keep eating pumpkin pie. I know, it's pretty right? great. <laughs> But they would <laughs> that was that was kind of the origin of it before they had so lots of butter and crust. I just burned a hole in my deck. It's not a hole, but it's a what would you call that? An indentation? You know, it's it's a circle. It's a circ- um, circular. I'd say it's a up to like a quarter inch in depth at the deepest. Like some of the grains of the wood were, you know, more uh, dramatically expressed than they were before. It's substantive hole. It's substantive. It's kind of like Will it be a replacement of those parts of the board if needed? You could it really wouldn't be that bad to just saw those things out and replace them. It would just be It's just where the where the beams are, how much I have to cut out and stuff. Because you can't just cut that out or unless you build a box around it. It's not that simple. Again, um <laughs> two people with inferior sensing functions. Hey, I as an here. inferior sensing person, s- I built this fucking s- deck. <laughs> <laughs> and it was probably quite an experience. Oh, it was so uncomfortable. Massively uncomfortable. Massively. I'd read about it for months on the internet, and I just did it in, like, two <laughs> days. Just, like, it, the whole time there was this raw charge of, like, I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. That, before the the uh, urgent fire situation, uh, we were talking about the dangers of inferior feeling. But... The, um, the energy that's there yes, and how it can be utilized or, like, taken advantage of. there is... Um, there is a very, very positive and life-giving quality to inferior functioning as well. For instance, building this deck. Um, and the way that at least it's sort of talked about um, by Marie-Louise von Franz and some other folks is that we shouldn't expect ourselves to ever master the functions that are the most foreign to us. Like we were saying, if I had to be a craftsman, I, I would starve. Mm-hmm. Um we shouldn't expect ourselves, if we're thinking types of people, um, to be able to master this thing called the feeling function. 
but we can intentionally relate to it in an imaginative and playful and even sort of fantastic fantasizing type of way. Because as you identified, that charge is there. If you take the trouble, and it is trouble, to engage your inferior function, uh, it can be incredibly nourishing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and, and it, on a technical note, thinking and feeling are usually opposed to one another in the, f- in the functional model. Opposed. Opposed. And intuiting and sensing are usually opposed to one another mm-hmm. in that model. What does that mean? Like, because there's, as we do thinking and feeling, like, wh- yes. how are they o- oppositional? The, the way that the model is constructed and is mostly supported by what uh, limited evidence, clinical yeah. l- evidence there is. Business school evidence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. Um, if if one is a is a real thinking type, meaning their conscious faculty is most informed by thinking, um, feeling is usually the most difficult to access. Hmm. Um, like it's further away in a way from their yes. reach. Like they got to reach further to contact it, sort of. Yeah. So like talking about you know. And when you're saying feeling, you don't mean emotion right now. You mean feeling function. I mean the function of evaluation, meaning giving yeah, yeah. in consciousness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that just means in, in your idea about yourself, your scope of what you are aware of is yeah. all that consciousness means. And yes, um, feeling can evaluate emotions. Feeling can give rise to emotion, but we can think of emotion as like any other input, um, a work of art, a political movement, another person, a home, a landscape. All of those are evaluated by the feeling function. We can, we can say in the same way, just to make it kind of a broad generalization. That I'm, I'm saying that to try to draw a distinction between feelings yeah. leading to emotions and and feeling. Someone can really be in their emotions. They can know what's happening somatically. They can identify. They I'm can, really fucking pissed they, right now yeah, they based can, on what I think. It can, My yeah. thoughts are making me really upset they right now. They can move with it. They can be great sensing people that really feel their bodies, great uh, introverted sensing people. Abilities. who really can be in the dynamics of their emotion and have no capacity to evaluate them. Hmm. It can be very momentary awareness of all these emotions and, and feelings and so forth, um, but not actually have feeling function yeah. as that is happening. What would that look like? Like if, can we, is there a way to sure. example this yeah. out? Yeah, and this is something that, that uh, James Hillman talks about in, in his essay on this from from 1970, um, which was kind of when like a lot of the uh, experiencing and therapeutic contact groups were coming into play. Yeah, you kind of have the human potential movement. Yes. Movement that was like really uh, f- 
feelings yes yes not feeling emotional expression and contact and engagement things of that nature there is i i am not placing a feeling value judgment on that per se however those are i think feelings groups and that if you sure are a, a man raised in this rigid emotional environment and there you have repressed rage repressed uh joy the yeah, whole gamut re- repressed sexuality repressed, repressed sexuality. anger sadness grief yes. you know all the possibilities yes. of what's not allowed to vibrate through the human system if you can go into those groups and get that moving that can be wonderful mm-hmm. um but again for the 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 purposes of, of talking about the feeling function those are probably more sensate uh, uh, and f- sensate function, uh, and more importantly, experience of emotions, yeah, which affect. are not categorized uh, as functions. Yeah, even when you're talking about this, I'm thinking like the human potential movement, right? And like, let's say like EST, which is this popular version from the 70s, okay. kind of comes from Eslon, but it becomes Landmark uh-huh. Forum. Which mm-hmm. then like influences like Tony Robbins, and then there's this whole segment of yes. using uh, the building of affect to reach our desired capital goals: money, right. income, career. <laughs> right. So like, <laughs> I think what you're saying here, right? Yeah. Like, what's the feeling function? You of, know, like, the value. It's almost like tech. Yeah. That's almost like a tech company. Yeah. We have all these techniques, and we're telling you what emotions are. That's all thinking. Um, but what's the value is that we're going to just excel in capitalism. Yeah. Like the, that recent from Facebook. Right. And I, I just was more headlines for me, but like that they're aware that their feeds generate negative emotions. Right. Right. So they're very effective technical agents, right? Like affect, they have skill in generating affect highly, but you're saying less skill in value of that capacity like yes. what is the value of this thing and like what is the value of cathartic release yes and yes exactly and the more uh collective the feeling values that's the more of a sign that there is inferior feeling at work like so if, the if mission I, statements value ha- you know if i have or we have whatever that is like a mere group has of values that are shared you should be f- careful it's not always the case but that might be an inferior feeling function i think if a bunch of leaders of these whatever feeling groups or yeah, well, uh, tech groups well, could, bo- business, could all come out and say group, even right? All those people in, in in those groups, those connectivity groups or those contact groups and tech will come out and say, connectivity is good. Uh-huh. Let's look at that statement. Is that a statement of a consciousness that is oriented towards differentiated feeling? I don't hear it. I don't hear connectivity is good as being a real statement of a differentiated scale of value. I hear that as a justification, as an afterthought for an accomplishment of thinking. Yes, the reverse of engineering of that. And to say good and bad, um, 
those are those are really rigid those are kind of the we're good and evil are sort of the most rigid value structures that we have um if you're working with someone for instance um like as a therapist you mean? as a therapist yes thank you just looking at you yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> um yes um in some capacity like that um the question we ask people all the time maybe for good i don't know good or bad how do you feel yeah tell me about that when when I get really quick, decisive responses, I wonder. Oh, uh, yeah. I feel bad. Uh, that's good. That's bad. I'm okay. I'm good. I'm okay. I'm good. That's fine. It's um, a pretty good week. How do you feel about that? When somebody says, well, I don't quite know. Let me, let me be with that for a moment. I need a moment to check or, in. Or it, de- it depends. That's a crucial one that Hillman also identified. It depends on context, depends on the situation. Yeah. Can I adapt? Do I have the the capacity, the feeling capacity to adapt to circumstances to see in a given situation what I think is meaningful or how what I feel is <laughs> there's the think thinking word. Yeah. What I feel is valuable, what I feel is meaningful. Mm-hmm. It's it's differentiated in a given range of situations yeah oh can we i'm curious right because like one of the reasons i want to talk about this right the feeling function other than just an excuse to talk to you is uh i think for like like we said our culture and i think for a lot of like kind of identified and raised and conditioned males right like it's tough the feeling function it's like tough to navigate and to work with yes and often we might say like we're doing now saying thinking when we mean feeling yes right because it's safer to think than it is to feel yes and i'm curious like if we were getting a little more pragmatic and practical of like Mm. if there is an alienation Mm. and i haven't i've had and have an alienation from my feeling function right from using like my feeling to help me navigate choices and value and evaluate like how what do we do about reclaiming that not that you're like an expert in that or anything but do you have any sense Mm -hmm. of like Mm -hmm. what we do to kind of bring that back if it's been forced into the inferior by the kind of collective evaluation it's a really difficult question what's difficult about it as you relate to it when i listen to you ask that question in my imagination i have sort of a fantasy of uh myself trying to stand my ground with this unstoppable force of millions of psyches operating with a different orientation like the favoring of other orientations and and i think the fantasy is telling because that's not really what's happening um it's not as you know it's not like there's a million people stopping (laughs) you from feeling into whether you want to go like to the movies tonight or to get dinner or like what whatever the right yeah well it depends (laughs) it depends because 
when you ask that question, do you have in mind people? And yeah, maybe we can talk kind of more specifically because you mentioned male being male identified yeah. or male bodied, male appearing and, and sort of having a, being a feeling type. Um, when you ask that question, do you have in mind more people who who are feeling types yeah, or people no, trying to I have, touch I, their inferior feeling? I have, I have, I mean, I think maybe both could be applicable, right? And right. But I have more in mind for those that maybe have been alienated from the feeling type when it maybe is a more natural home. Oh, I see. Yeah, and how I to see. reclaim sort of navigating and working with the feeling function when right. one maybe had to sacrifice it right to fit in and you know you asked me about my my story earlier i had the privilege to study philosophy um in a wonderful department um and while i don't think that feeling was outlawed by any stretch i looking back on it that was a real real struggle to try to conform uh, and develop a thinking function like logic over value often right like y the logic is more what important it's like what is what is this text saying yeah that's a feeling er, th sorry that's a thinking activity and uh i'm not like rather than why does this text matter does this matter why are we still reading this text does this matter two thousand years later and i didn't feel i didn't have the courage and i didn't have the language for engaging in that way and so i felt quite alienated and i did find and fortunately i had uh i had people uh around me who uh introduced me um to psychology and <laughs> psychoanalysis and analytic psychology <laughs> right but that's the thing in <laughs> at least in undergrad um actually in colorado college now has one of the only psychoanalysis minors for undergrads in the country um in psychology departments you're gonna get more thinking uh behaviorism incense uh, evidence-based practice cognitive behavioral yes. therapies like if you're studying therapy yes yes yeah so there isn't really a department if anywhere feeling is probably more in this in the in the arts buildings arts literature and in literature absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely um, so I think I had an idea, though, an inferior idea in my inferior thinking, um, that going and getting a college education and focusing in the arts was not an expedient career uh, choice. Oh, yeah, that was an make. irrational choice to bring you functionally to the next place in life. I I was living, and still am in some ways, uh through an assumed mythology of unchecked personal achievement in the marketplace. Yeah, yeah. Um, I fucking hate that that shit's so deep in me. It's deep. It's really deep. Yeah, that my, like, even my play and creativity and yes. things I want to make need to either have likes or, val or yes. economic value. Yes, even if it's only social capital. Yeah. And in that way, feeding that that feeling of well i'm not so isolated i'm appreciated and recognized for what i for what i do mm -hmm. so like w 
if I tr- practically translate a bit what you're saying to the like literature mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. art, yes, are might be good doorways and the tapping feeling function. Yes, um, to be moved, to allow yourself to be, m- to be moved, not just affectively moved, but like moved in view and perspective and process like how to navigate the world. It might be uh, enlivening and therapeutic in recovering feeling function to allow oneself to be moved and not know why. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In encountering literature, art, a landscape, another person. Discovering the why, though. Not that it needs to have a why, but like... Why does it need to be there from the beginning? Allowing yourself to, to be moved and then over time to engage in, in that more feelings yeah. and emotions type of place because maybe that's where you're feeling yeah. your, un, your, your undeveloped feeling. And with no judgment on that is, is uh, speaking to you. If you're living this life of depressed sort of grinding out a career trying to achieve what you've been told will make you happy and successful in this culture um in working clinically these these types of folks show up all the time yeah um maybe your feeling is in those places that feel frightening and foreign Oh, like that are charged. Yeah, like the charge might be a place to explore. The charge. Yeah, which is edging on shadow, right, a bit. And, like, those places that uh, have energy for us that scare us. Yes. Or repulse us. I mean, but... Yes. But th- what you're saying, too, though, is, like, the charge might be the feeling function. Yes. Like, the ch- ch- feeling function expresses itself through a type of charge. And it may not be an overwhelming charge, but, like, I can't put that idea down or that thought or like why do i keep circling back to this right yeah exploring forms of uh beauty i want to say art but it, it should be more expansive than that beauty and aesthetics that are unfamiliar to you mm-hmm. um gosh i I've, i don't know if i'm moved by you know this certain 19th century writer i don't know if i'm moved by this ancient Sufi poet I I don't have really an evaluation uh based on what I'm moved by within these aesthetic uh traditions and and bodies of work can I just let myself be open to an experience can I can I read this thing you've historically read poetry kind of on a regular basis to allow for that in a way I I appreciate that you know that about me because I had forgotten about how important that was. Yeah. At least there's a period in your life where that was like a morning ritual to sit with some poetry. Yes, and it's coming back. Yeah. Again, but to, to open to being moved. I'm not a trained literary type of person, yeah. so that is still a place where my feeling function is is developing. Um However, now that you mentioned it, I did start to come across poets through studying philosophy. And that, come to think of it, actually, was what led me uh, down the path um, of psychology, at least this, this kind of 
fucked up psychology were, were some poets were the poets yeah yeah and uh again i think it was tap kind of rapping on the door in that it was producing affect it was producing feelings yeah you had the charge in the body they had the ch- a somatic charge an emotional charge and it helped me uh over time and continues to help me um to feel into what is it in what this person is is trying to communicate through this type of language that I feel is meaningful and that is where that's the that's the gap right you can be yes. fa- affected yes but what meaning do you make from that yes and that is what is so painfully missing in so much of the culture and so you know and again in 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 doing therapy um a lot of times what you are presented with uh is a painful disorienting lack of a sense of purpose or meaning mm-hmm. meaning in particular and of course that's a uh, every civilization throughout time has has tried to come up with some structure to discover some meaning to life and it will be an eternal mystery however can i function in a way that allows me to relate to the mystery that is am i participating in it that is teeming all around me that i am also a part of yeah um and that can give a person even no matter what they're struggling with you can connect with the sense yeah i was just listening the other day on a it was like a podcast. I think I was listening to a podcast. And then it was a woman during the pandemic who was a software engineer. And she lived alone and struggled. You know, like it was hard for her. Oh, man. But then she, one of the hard things for her was she was 36, 38. I forget, but kind of, you know, uh, worried about her fertility. And right. had it partnered. And really wanted a family. And then decided, you know what, I'll foster. And like mm. went through all the process and actually took on like two brothers, like two and four, and fostered them. And then now has like another foster group with her, like uh, two siblings. Mm. And like what I heard from her was, and she didn't quite say this, but like it was really fucking hard in the pandemic yes. for her. And then being a foster parent is really fucking hard in the pandemic. But it has a certain type of meaning to it that feels mm. different. Different than the struggle yeah, of the isolation. Yeah, different than the, the struggle that felt unbearable. This one felt bearable. But it sounded like it was equal struggle in a way. Like it didn't sound any easier. <laughs> so there's something about feeling function facilitating meaning. That allows ourselves to do this dance. That allows ourselves to engage in the, in the, in the unavoidable struggles yeah. And pain of life. Yeah, like the human nitty-gritty suffering that seems unavoidable. No matter how you try to control or transcend or whatever you're doing to avoid it. She found something that was meaningful and... Or made the struggle meaningful. Made the struggle meaningful. Yeah. Yes. Whether that's objective, like I'm not wanting to say, but like probably better to raise some foster kids than not and um 
raising children, something that I can only talk theoretically about at this point, or as the recipient of that being done. Yeah, me too. Uh, still, <laughs> got another week yeah, or so. Yeah, another week yeah, or two. <laughs> not for long, man. <laughs> not for fucking long. Can Ooh. I be naive to the raising of children? That's right. That's in. Uh, it, it's such a literally generative act, including adopting. Um, but it's also, um, I think, a way of really every day, in a visceral way, understanding that your daily life is not just about you and that there is a lot more um, to your limited sort of scope of awareness um, than your than your daily or existential concerns about yourself, that you are, in fact, carried along in this human story by something that is totally beyond your understanding. And yet you... Uh, f- like this woman, for example, or you, you having uh, about to have a child. That's a an incredible struggle, but the beauty and the meaning that is in you giving so much of your time and resources and energy to something that is not you. Would you say, in a way, that this is why individuation matters? That like this ability to individuate the human struggle into a sense of mine, not in a possessive way, but like participating Mm. in the mystery mind, like in order to really feel that like this life I'm living maybe matters in some way. One needs to individuate into that mattering. Hillman describes it as moving the, center of gravity from the conscious ego to the self. Yeah. And the self is a a Jungian term, like capital S self, that is the, uh, maybe the the totality of... The archetype of wholeness. The archetype of wholeness. But wholeness not being like our kind of Western yogic... Yes. Like I feel good, but like (laughs) the, the, the integration of the totality of polarity it is yes all gets to exist within the wholeness and it is like the it's important the murderer the lover the friend the all these but what's important especially i think uh is to say that it is a symbolic effort it is unachievable Oh yeah, 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 and I, an right. Asymptote to like use some math, right? Like you're never gonna get there. No, and I think that's what people often usurp people in general. Okay, I should be more specific. I, I won't. It is often usurped to say, uh, "Well, you need to feel whole. You need to be whole. You need to pursue wholeness." Like, there's something wrong with you for not being whole. Well, wait a minute. You don't feel whole. Like, what are you doing wrong? What's this whole. This do whole you need to do some meditation, some yoga. You should go therapy, or like, what? How, how are you not doing the things that are going to let you be whole? And speaks to um, another face of inferior feeling, which is perfectionism. Yeah. Think about perf- the idea of perfection, or. P- 
in in this context, even the perfection of wholeness. What a rigid collective uh, image is perfection. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sort of the the most collective in that that's how yeah, most, at least the I Christian mean, tradition describes wh- white, uh, God. White, white Christian. Yes, describes God. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're you know in in the church and in accepting Jesus as as a savior, you you have a way of relating to your imperfection, um, but it's it's through uh, one having sinned and died for you. And this is an approach that came from um, the the fall yeah. of the church um, during the the nineteenth century, and saying, well, it's not working for enough people at this point. Um, to feel like relating to the perfection of God is allowing them to live their lives in a way that satisfies the, f- the pursuit of meaning. And so right now we have psychology. Psychology was sort of born at that the replacement. time. One of the one of the replacements. Yeah. Maybe again Nietzsche, one of the festivals of atonement. Festivals of atonement. But the mini offerings. One of the one of the sacred games and festivals of atonement. Yeah. Um for having having killed God. Dude, I, this is totally irrelevant. Oh, I just feeling. I just no, started no, no, quoting no, 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 Nietzsche. What I'm go say, anywhere, no, no, man. I'm not commenting <laughs> on you, I'm commenting on me. What I'm about to say. Like I was just like I was reading uh like Gospel of Thomas, which is sort of a whatever, a Gnostic text or whatever. Um, and there's like, it's one of the parables. It's like one of the more basic books of Christianity. Mm. Most Christians probably wouldn't include it in the books, but it feels mm. really Christian when I read it. But like some, some dudes asking Jesus about God, right? Like who's God? And like, they go back and forth. Right. And there's always this sort of successive dropping of meaning, like to the deeper and deeper layer. And then Jesus is like, no, it's not that God's not that God's not this God's not that. Cause the guy's given him his meaning, you know, like, it's God like this, it's God like that, it's God like this. And then the guy's like, finally, well, then what is God? You tell me what it is. You're just telling me no. And then Jesus is like, stillness and movement. Stillness and movement. That's all he says of what God is. It's, it's so unsatisfactory, but in a way where one has to then meditate on or go forward with stillness and movement. That was delightful for me in that moment at least. What did you like so much about that? Um He doesn't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus didn't know. <laughs> no, he didn't know. He's like I don't know. Like it goes and it stops. Right. right. It opens and it closes. But you know? Hmm. You can't really speak about it other than like it happens and sometimes it doesn't Mm. and you just got to go with it holding yourself in a in a posture of receptivity to to grace perhaps Um, but but being on but not being able to anticipate or expect it and that's a part of working with whatever one's inferior function is is that you if you approach it saying this will make me whole um it's going to go badly um it's to be approached and saying i 
I am attempting to live with my experience of inferiority. Oh. And in like there's a humility in touching the inferior function. Oh, there's humility, humiliation, all the way to exuberance and joy and a feeling of being in contact with the self or God or, or whoever. Or the it runs it yeah. runs the gamut. But as you identified earlier, there's tremendous energy there. Most yeah. of our uh you know, functioning that is inherent to us, you know, now for me sort of intuiting and feeling, I take it for granted most of the time. And it move our functions move us along through life in ways that we probably hardly even notice. And it's sometimes getting kind of calcified in those functions where life really starts to feel like oh, it like loses it loses its its flair and excitement. Remedy to like stagnation and stuckness. Yes, because you're relating to the world. They really are adjustments and adaptations to functioning in the world. They're not necessarily functions that allow us to be communing with psychic reality. Total random thought as we're talking. I have another thought I've been holding on to, but this is the random one. Yes. Like self-care. Right, there's so much self care in the world, right? And I think a little we're talking about that a little bit directly right now, but like, oh, I'm feeling stuck, stagnant. What do you do? Well, you should do some more self care, right? And like, so much of the culture of self care is around what you love. Do what you love, right? Like, Mm. do the things that matter to you. Mm. But what I hear you saying is like, do what you struggle with, and do it, but not in a serious way. Yes, do it in a playful way. Like, play some chess. Oh, you, that, yeah, I just got a small headache when you said play chess. Yeah, exactly, I, right? Like study yes. chess, not just play chess. Not intuitively play chess, but like study some moves. Try out a move. See how it goes. Or <laughs> I'm so stressed trying to think about stre- chess strategy. That's energizing though, right? Cool. <laughs> that's, that's, so, that's so well put. Yeah. Because what it really does and what you're saying validates... Um, the feeling that when you try to do a self-care routine and, and whatever, going back to your life and feeling like I, I feel like I'm just the same. So I guess I just have to p- keep putting what's oil the, in this car. What's the transformative function yeah. of self-care? Is this just maintenance? No, it's not. Self-care is maintenance. Yeah, there's. I mean, I think there is maintenance self-care, but then there's also like the care that will prevent you from getting there again. Like I don't want to cycle back into my burnout every fucking Saturday and then yes. have to do my same Saturday-Sunday routine and then Monday I fucking burn out again. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It throws, the inferior function throws a little chaos into the mix. Yeah. Some excitement, a yeah. little bit of being out of control. Tap, um, tapping energy. Yes. But also tapping functional possibility. Tapping, tapping functional possibility. Like maybe some That's of right. our stagnation and struggle is a lack of function and navigating. That like we might need some help from these inferior functions to the juice to our life um familiar with sand tray oh yeah like sand sand play sand, sand play it's like a box of sand you have some figurines yes it yeah. can be really wonderful that originated when carl jung the uh incredible introverted intuitive was at a complete loss to as to what to do with his life oh, totally yeah. stuck and depressed 
and was af- that when he was just like playing with the sand and, and the afraid and he would walk behind his house yeah between seeing patients and started literally just to he would grab sticks and would just start to he mess around in the mud. Yeah, he would like move he would sand m- around, water. right? Like he did when he was a child in a way. Which he described as an experience of utter humiliation. Yeah. So that like was... Like here is this prominent psychoanalyst in Switzerland just after he sees a patient just like moving some sand around. Utterly humiliated. Yeah. That was engagement with the inferior sensate function which again opposed those two intuitive feeling types. yes yeah. uh, well in, intuition and, and sensation yeah. the two irrational types opposed to one another yeah. engaging in his inferior sensate it was humiliating but it opened the door and like you were saying when he was a, he was a kid it actually was that activity and as he sat there and did that he realized the little boy who loved to play in the mud had a creative life which I lacked. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and he continued to do it throughout his life. So I think that Santray, for instance, can be wonderful for a lot of people. I've also seen sensate people, extroverted sensate people, do Santray, and it was more of a design exercise you know they kind of came up with this beautiful just easy facility with the with the pieces and i looked at it and thought that beautiful is beautiful wow look how gorgeous that however is. should like flick one of the pieces over it w- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how about now <laughs> however it was uh just sort of a, another day for them as yeah. we're doing that with with maybe uh you know intuitive type they can <laughs> do something that looks totally chaotic and disorganized and have really affective yeah. experiences. And so there, all that, again, to your point, to say that nothing is one size fits all. It is individual to you, yeah. which is so difficult to not know what route to go. Um, but that it frees up energy that, that was stuck and that, uh, it's a different route than g- saying do what you love. Well, that's what we're supposed to do all the time. And why do I feel so bad if I'm just doing what I love? Do something that actually uh, you're not going to be good at. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I like. And and I'm saying. You know, I'm saying all this, and I don't. I don't have a chessboard in my house. Yeah, you know, I. I'm. <laughs> you know, sitting here thinking. Well, what do I do for my inferior sensate and and pretty inferior thinking functions um and it's it's not a whole lot because it's it's uncomfortable you know i'm like totally relating as you talk because like you're at my house right now and i haven't had a kitchen for five months yeah and i'm about to have a kitchen and then i have a kid coming yeah and i have this weird agenda or thing i'm taking on where i'm gonna make the kitchen mine oh like I'm gonna mm-hmm. all the groceries, the cooking, yeah. the cleaning, and I'm gonna like run a kitchen like a restaurant. I've worked in restaurants, and I like kind of know how to do it, right? But I've never been able to do it in my house. I can do it in a monastery, and I can do it in a restaurant pretty well. <laughs> yeah. But right. I'm like gonna try to bring that into my house, and there's a little bit of like humiliation in it. Yes. Like oh, I just like I just cooked a meal yesterday. It took like five hours to like clean and cook, and I'm like, wait, is this what I'm doing? It's like yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, this is what you're doing. They're just making food. I'm like wiping down counters. I'm like mopping the floor every day, cleaning mm-hmm. the fridge once a week, mm-hmm. and all this shit that I avoid, right? The like functional, structured, planned, interval activity. I'm like thoughtful follow through. I'm like I'm like <laughs> scared because I'm like I think I might fail at this little mission I've taken on. <laughs> and I like I definitely will fail, but uh-huh. will fail in the lack of persistence, not fail in the perfection. Yes. Yeah. Uh, or you you might not do it as often as you would imagine yeah, you would the, like to. The persistence piece, like to actually hold it and maintain it as a area of focus. And that's that's such an important point because it's easy to do token acts. Yeah. Um, to engage that inferior function once in a while and then kind of wipe your hands off. It really takes like vacation living with it. Like I was thinking about this when we we're talking. Like, like I think I, I was wondering. Like, do so many people love vacation because you have to activate your feeling function in a way and enjoy yourself? And enjoy you have to enjoy yourself, and you have to go with it a bit, and you have to not know, and you have to make choices. You have to improvise. You have to evaluate and go with the choices. And like maybe there's huh, a thinking wow. way to do it, and a feeling way, but mm-hmm. people usually describe when they travel feeling more in the flow. Right, right, right. You know, and they're like, because yeah. they're feeling into a flow. It's not the flow. It's just they made a flow. Yes. <laughs> they like had to flow. So they're like, oh, I was in the flow. It's like, no, it's not a capital T flow. Like it's like your flow that you activated through having to make evaluative choices. You have to look at what is the, even if it's just, you know, 100 miles away, what is the custom? What are the customs yeah. of this community? Where are the restaurants I want? Like, where would I want to eat here? Not where do I eat already here? Mm-hmm. Where do I want to eat here and make a choice? And what do I want to do with my time? What do I want this experience to be like? Yeah. And you're asking, what what do I want? And that does hopefully stimulate uh, some need for evaluation. Yeah. What, 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 how does it feel? Um, yeah. To be doing these things. When I work with folks with the feeling function, which I do quite a bit, um, I think the grocery store is the best place. Because I think we're all using the feeling function in the grocery store. Or we did at one point. Mm. Because there's 12 boxes of cereal. Which one did you choose? And then maybe you just make that same choice now every time. Like how many times you go to the grocery store and just grab the things that you already grab. Mm. And there's like hundreds of things around you you never touch or even look at. And then like to go Mm. into the store and to pick something new. Mm. You know, mm. or even the basic, like, do you want an apple or do you want an orange? How do you know that? Like, what what allows you to know that? Other than I like apples more than oranges, but I, if you actually feel into it. I wonder, I'm, I'm just, all I have is my own experience to reflect on. I wonder if there's an extroverted quality to that experience. Oh, yeah, like I'm going out and touching versus having it come towards you. Um, I... I feel like weekly shopping is one of my inferior function engagements because it is so challenging. That's why I picked a market. I picked the <laughs> smallest market, market I could possibly <laughs> find. <laughs> and I know what I like and I, I know, know where you're, everything. I know your market, <laughs> but I didn't know it's because it was the smallest. <laughs> not that that's the only reason. But, right? that's, but that's not the only reason, but it's it's a big reason. Because, yeah. and I think there's a value in it actually, which is that that place has people working in the background saying, 
this is good. This is tasty. Someone is this evaluating. Is, this for is you. worth having in here. Yeah, the function of the critic or the expert to and help some, your evaluative function. And sometimes, uh, good taste is indicative of uh, feeling yes. functioning. Solid feeling function. The people who are doing that in the background are have good taste, and I go in and I, f- I feel, sort of at at home yeah there's that literary term i don't know it but like when you're watching a play or reading a book that you feel in good hands right that like what you're going through now reading or watching will be worth it in the end right and again i can't help but feel like that is also more intuitive language yeah you're in good hands you're at home that is or how the book is gonna go that's a perception of possibility but there's an the this is the evaluative piece this though, is evaluative. of the, this author. I evaluate them to have good hands to guide me, versus ooh, I feel like this book is really gonna go somewhere good. They can work together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can work together. Um, I feel that this author um, is coming from a place in their values. Um, that resonate with me because I'm, I, I have the tuning forks of my values loud enough that I can hear them. Yeah. Um, and when someone else is hitting something similar or different that I'm interested in, I can evaluate it in that way and then, and then choose to go forward. So uh, let's, I want to start winding and wrapping, but I got a question and it's like a, it's a loaded question. So I'm going to load it and go where you want with it. Sure. But it, I wanted to break it art into parts, but that would have been too much of an agenda. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it seems there's a shared premise that the feeling function mm-hmm. is lacking in Western American culture, maybe white culture, too. Mm-hmm. Definitely male culture. Not all males, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and probably mo- more straight male culture, too. It's hard to say. Yes. Or maybe just I'm talking about myself and the feeling functions mm-hmm. lacking in me because I just described me. Um, so if there's a lack of the feeling function mm-hmm. and like what we started with the book, right? The feeling functions and individuation. Yes. If there is a significant group of people cut off in a way from their feeling function, are they cut off from individuation in a way? Like if these functions are the principle that move us towards our individuated life and a thinking function can do that for someone if that's their strength. Yes, yes. But if you're not able to use your strength, are you going to be more lost in the world? There's always an inferior function in a psyche. Yeah, yeah. When um but what it, but what what with like let's say I'm a feeling type yes. or an intuitive type mm-hmm. and I think there's a gray they can be gray in a way the difference even though they like to be separated out. Even as we talk, right? It sometimes I think our language is what makes it gray. Yeah, that's fair. But w- I think if someone is, let's say, a, a dominant feeling type and that gets alienated in the culture, m- almost all their functions are inferior then. No, I don't think so. You, you think that, but, okay. So. If anything, I think that if you can take the trouble to educate yourself as to what the, the trouble is, that your uh, sort of native way of being uh-huh. is something that is not normally represented in the culture at large it may you you can use that as an opportunity to magnify 
your feeling function yeah, and yeah. to really get in touch because it is in such stark contrast. Like you really got to honor it if you want it honored. <sighs> if you don't, it will become symptomatic. And I think that's the piece I'm trying to touch is mm-hmm. like, I think for a lot of folks it is symptomatic. Yes. And I wonder about the loss of meaning. Right. Due to the feeling right. function, not being given space to direct individuation. I don't think any functions direct individuation. I think, that at least in the kind of Jungian way of thinking or feeling or intuiting or sensing about it. Um, relating. Relating, thank you. Um, hopefully the process of examining the uh, functions uh, yeah. serves to have your individual psyche understand when it is utilizing what function so that you in your conscious ego do not identify with those functions which goes back to my earlier concern of people identifying as types but anyway so in a culture like i, I, uh-huh. I, I yeah, hear yeah, you saying ahead. this and I, yeah. I don't think i'm grokking it totally can you yeah. help me yeah, I'll, I don't think I'll it's do a failure I, of your communication. No, I don't think it might just be stretching my understanding. I'm sure it's mu- I'm sure it's mutual. Yeah. Um, but like, let me just say what I heard. Sure. So you can ha- that like, it's in, what I hear you saying. It's vitally important to be aware of the function that's governing you in a way. Yes. And I, I'm curious. I think from my feeling type, mm-hmm. why? Why does that matter? Sort of like I talked about at the at the beginning. I I was so in my subjectivity that I didn't realize that that was a discrete attitude and we can get so if we're so natural in our feeling we don't realize that we are engaging the feeling function because it is such a natural aptitude you in all of you in all that mystery are not a function you are not a feeling function you're not an anything function yeah but those functions are so uh saturated so close so close to our experience that it's very very difficult to have an experience of i without those functions what's the value of i without function why is that a important I think that's part of what gets towards individuation and that's a part of what moves again the center of gravity away from the ego the center of conscious experience to something that you are a part of that is also a part of you like in the in the philosophical way when you say this I'm relating to like ontological humility Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. That, like my meaning making knowledge making st- structure is flawed not right. because i'm flawed but any attempt to make meaning is flawed mm-hmm. like if you if there's four functions right and if mm-hmm. they're f- if doing it a little differently but they're all of equal value mm-hmm. that like my feeling function isn't gonna always be accurate or always gonna be right or no. serve me well even always no no so to be aware of this can bring some humility and 
an allowance to see the wider, whether that's the wider individuals around me that operate yes. differently or the wider world or cosmos. Is that, am I touching some of why this is important? Maybe a sort of decentering. Decentering. Um, and, you know, I think that in my trying to grapple with my feeling function and thinking back on some of the ways that I talked about the thinking and sensing functions in tech, for instance, at the beginning of our talk. Yeah. And I can hear some vitriol and yeah. some uh, jealousy oh. in what I said. Jealousy? Because though I, it would, in trying to be honest, there is a part of me that wants to be conversant and competent in the functions that are the most valued in this society. Yeah. Uh, so there's some envy, some envy there. Yeah. Um, you're very, you're very, like, a, I told you about a dream I had a while ago where there was, like, a yes. rational character that I had sex right. with. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, like, did a lot of work with it. Yes. And then through the some of the work recently was that character really wanted to talk to me. Yes. Because they didn't understand me. Yes. They didn't understand the intu- that I could intuit more than they could see with their rationality. So they were, like, yes. wanting to sleep with me to be able to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> to communicate with you to yeah. really commune with you yeah yeah that we could share and they are the disavowed and like you're saying in a way you want to share in these dominant threads of knowing or participating it's hard to admit that yeah but it would be dishonest to say it is otherwise yeah um it's the disavowed disowned dysfunctional qualities of experience that whatever our inferior function is holds yeah. and, but also like in your dream it seeks understanding yeah can we seek to understand what feels so orphaned so othered so exiled so threatening in ourselves so that we do not sink into that place of meaninglessness depression self-hatred or othering. more conveniently othering. put it on our neighbor yeah othering. that's that's probably easier yeah so it is to your question why it's important um we are we are seeing like the what? archetypal energy that is in that I know that's so vague, but it's uh, maybe to say the the impersonal energy that is being visited upon those with differing rigid values from ourselves that is a genuine challenge, maybe even threat to the political and social organization of of this society. That is why it's important. So if if you can't get motivated to uh, become whole and improve yourself, you know, all the... Um, Individuate the shit out of yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because th- those can, um, anyway, be used in all, all, sorts, of, all sorts of ways. Um, can you motivate yourself to care 
to find meaning in making your contribution to your citizen, to your fellow citizen. And you see relating to our functions, our types, and this individuation supporting that kind of citizen process? I do. I do. Um, Even in the intense language of inclusion, as you alluded to earlier, there is maybe an equal uh, backlash of exclusion that is driving those who seek to exclude in the first place. Yeah. And it mutually intensifies yeah. over time. And if you the can take, you can take in your... inclusive we hold ourselves, the more inclusive we might hold others? Yes. Okay. And it feels y- y- like a drop in the ocean because you are a drop in the ocean. And again, back to that statement uh, from Hillman that um, feeling is the the art of the small or the function of the small or something like that, realizing that your small contribution um, is actually maybe all that can be done. All that every person can do is the Not small that thing that they can do. Not small can be large. Not that your small is large. Which is often the narrative, right? Like yes. small things become large or whatever. Have your small thing remain a small thing. Um, all these collective movements are made up of small things. Yeah. When you say that, I think about like our desire for importance. My own desire, right? Like we're have microphones in front of us right yes. now, right? And like how painful it is. Yes. To not be as important as you want to be. And like what to do with that when you see it, like how to hold that. And like, to, but to continue is what I hear you saying. Like to continue despite, not in spite of, but despite. So you, you know, talked about the, the woman that you worked with earlier who found meaning in the struggle. There's a inter- there's a podcast I listen to, but yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But um, I worked with a woman that maybe I found meaning and struggle. I hope. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you have. Um, maybe that's a lot of what this is about. Yeah. To where our scope maybe to change the world or to be important or to make a big difference. Maybe it's about like being able to sleep at night. And to wake up with some vi- type of vitality to move through the day. And to to continue uh, to try and to, to have a reasonable expectation of your scope of influence. Yeah. Um, if your scope of influence for a long time or forever is yourself, can can you accept that? Oh, and that's that's a real question to pose to oneself to see to see how that really sits. Um, like, wh- can I live my my life for me? One of the not good, in that yes, narcissistic, yes. hedonistic way, but no. that 
my life might not be admired or replicated. One of the gifts of feeling that you, I think, can still access if you're engaging with it in an imaginative way is that it imparts value to your own psyche. It imparts meaning to this, like human experience. To your your idiosyncratic human experience and you might even get glimpses of the archetypal realities that your your little ego rests upon and if you can find that internal sense that you are participating in a vast mystery um you might have some more energy for your day-to-day life and you might not feel the need to uh, spews so much vitriol to your neighbors who might have different values than you. Yeah. Be a little less shitty. <laughs> that's, I think that's a pretty good feeling statement. Well, okay, to end. Any, any last thoughts, any comments? It's a little cold without the fire. I know. Um, I'm like missed a fire, but then I see this big old hole in my patio. I say that not as a, a criticism, but to say I think it's a good Good time. A good time to wrap. Good time. It's getting cold. Some sensei cueing that it's time to <laughs> That's end. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah, thank you, Brandon. This is wonderful. Well, thank you for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed. Graham and I just kind of talking. You know, circling it around the feeling function, but seeing where the feeling function took us as we talked. Um, Yeah. I just had like a hectic pain in the ass time editing this. I'm so annoyed and frustrated. I really hope it comes out because it was hilariously uh, difficult just to put this together. Uh, Technology, not my strong suit, but I stuck with it. Uh, hope there's some value here. Hope you got something out of this conversation. And I guess most importantly, they, you know, just hope things are going well and uh, life is moving in good directions, you know. And if not, I'm sorry and hope you have what you need to make it through. Okay, be well. Till next time. Don't know when that'll be, but hopefully, you know, less than eight months. Okay, bye.